Hey, B. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question? Always. What's the one thing when we travel that we always make sure we find? Oh, coffee. You know, bad coffee makes my brain angry. And we've been a lot of places. We've had a lot of coffee. But when we're home, there's only one place that we get coffee from. Yeah. Hacienda Real in Costa Rica. We found this place when we were in Costa Rica a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's a micro roastery using only Costa Rican beans. Their blend is a mix of Arabica and Peaberry. And if you don't know about Peaberry, you need to find out about it because mm. it is amazing. It takes all the bitterness out. All the bitterness out. And we place orders and it's shipped directly to our door. You can get light, medium, or dark roast. You can get ground. You can get whole bean. And it is roasted to order. So there is a date stamped on your coffee so you know when it was roasted and bagged. It's good for a year after you order it. And it is the best coffee that we have ever had. So click the link in our show notes or go to goldenbean.net and use the offer code COFCHR20 for 10% off your order. Hacienda Real. Keep your brain happy. Hey, Dante. Hey, B. Looking pretty smart in your undies. Thanks. I've been doing my deads. <laughs> oh, I can see that. But it's not just what's in them. It's what's on them. Oh yeah, I got on my smart-ass undies. They're not just super comfy. They've got cheeky motivations on them that keep me in the right state of mind. Oh yeah, like we could all use a little brain lift these days, am I right? They're also lovingly made from sustainable, low-impact materials. So we can love the planet and cover our asses all at the same time. Motivate your ass with smart-ass undies. Click the link in the show notes or on the Things We Love page on our website. And remember to enter the discount code CHEATINGONFEAR10 for 10% off your order. Smart ass undies. Cheeky and comfy. Hey everyone, this is Dante. And I'm Beatrice. And this is Cheating on Fear. Welcome everybody. Welcome back. So. So. <sighs> so this this topic that we're going to talk about today mm-hmm. is in something that's kind of like been bubbling under the surface for a while. Yeah. Because there's a lot of this sort of, I'm going to use the term information very loosely here, <laughs> but there's this sort of information that's, that permeates the online world mm-hmm. that a lot of people gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. So what are we, what are we kind of dancing around? Today we're taking on... The wellness industrial complex. Wellness industrial complex. This is something we've we've had lots of conversations about this. Yeah, and it's such a big topic. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get to the end of it today. It's no, like no, no. getting to the end of the internet. But I just wanted to have a conversation about some of the things that are, frankly, pissing me off the most <laughs> right now. Okay. And we actually, I think, I think the first kind of inkling that we were going to do a show like this was a little while ago on Netflix, there was an amazing series by Timothy Caulfield, Mm -hmm. who is a professor at the University of Edmonton. University of Alberta. Alberta. Which is in Edmonton. Edmonton. Yeah, he's like a Canada research chair in, I think, 
policy ethics. He's a law professor. Yeah. 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 And um, law and health policy. That's it. I think that's what it was. Yeah. And he's actually been seconded to battle misinformation about COVID. So he's very busy right now. I've actually, we've tried to. We've reached out. Yeah. But he's very busy right now. But hopefully at some point we'll be able to talk to him. But he had this great series on Netflix called The User's Guide to Cheating Death. Great name. And it was a debunking series on a bunch of different health and wellness practices that can be damaging to your wallet at best and dangerous to your health at worst. It was a it was a great series in the way it presented like, hey, what do you think about cleanses? Mm-hmm. And then he would put a bit of science out there to kind mm-hmm. of show you what science says. And what was great is that he would have academics and yes. researchers yes. kind of comment on it because obviously he's not an expert in everything. No. But he would also get the other side of it. He would go to he would go to places where they inject you with vitamins and yeah, like, they were like an, vitamin IVs. Drip. Yeah. <laughs> And he would do all this stuff. And he would then, try everything. Yeah. And kind yeah. of go, do I feel better? No. <laughs> you know, at best it's doing this. At worst, it's just emptying my wallet, right? Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. And it was a great series. Did we finish it? We did. We did. But here's the thing. But then it disappeared. And do you know why it disappeared? I know why, but tell the listeners why. Because it was replaced with another series. Yep. Called The Goop Lab. Yep. And... Timothy Caulfield has also written a book about celebrity health and wellness advice. We've linked to it in a previous episode. And we will link to it again. Yeah, I'll link to it again. So it's at the top. The name of the book is also awesome. It's called, Is Gwyneth Paltrow Wrong About Everything? Yeah. And so he is pretty much her mortal enemy. (laughs) So she made it quite clear that if Netflix did not remove User's Guide to Cheating Death, she would not give them permission to carry Goop Lab. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So they did. And his... And now you can get it. You can get User's Guide to Cheating Death on another platform. Yeah, it's like on Zoomer television or something. It's not as... Frankly, it's not as easily accessible as as it was on Netflix. I would have loved to have seen... Another One of the Canadian broadcasters, like the CBC, the, CBC, the Canadian yeah. Broadcasting yeah. Company, put it on their online app, Gem or something. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's only available in Canada. Maybe this the the, the network. But it was Netflix. Can- yeah, I know. But the th- but this is the thing. Like there was two seasons of it, mm-hmm. and it was phenomenal. It was be- great. Really well done. There was a lot. It, not very often do you get both sides, mm-hmm. where you speak to the people that are touting these things. And then also experts in that field, academics in that yeah. field, and then for him to try things and just see. Did he have our favorite OB on there? He did. Yeah, Dr. Gunter was on there. Dr. Jen she? Gunter was on there. Yeah. That, that was actually where I saw her that was, first. Right. Where we saw her first, and she was talking about, she was debunking the vaginal steam. Right, the yoni eggs and stuff like that, wasn't it? Or was it the vaginal yeah, no, steaming? It was the vaginal steaming with with all the herbs and mm. spices. And she's like, it'll make your house smell nice, but mm-hmm. please don't put it near, near your vagina. No, steam on a vagina is a bad idea. No, yeah, no. That is, by definition, at 100 degrees centigrade, that's yeah. a little hot for your skin. Yes. So that was something that 
was like, what the fuck is happening? And just over the last year or so, there's been more and more misinformation. Yeah. And as a kinesiologist, I've always been very interested. And I used to be a personal trainer and, you know, have taught nutrition and metabolism and, and things like that. And I, it's really upsetting and annoying <laughs> to see the increase in how inaccessible better health is becoming. It's like this carrot that just keeps moving further and further and yeah. further away from your mouth. And so with inaccessibility comes exclusivity mm -hmm. and, and, and privilege yeah. and inequality. Mm -hmm. And so I, I thought it would be important for us to start to look at some of the things that are probably the most dangerous, mm. most pressing right now, and give you some practical, real advice on how to just live a little bit better. I think, unfortunately, better health is being touted as this holy grail of wellness. And, right. You know, this this nirvana level of 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 being. And you and I watched a couple of things over the last little while where really it's just this strange language and word salad and mm -hmm. just bizarre ways of talking and giving out health advice. And you're like, bitch, go to bed earlier. Like, yeah, it's... <laughs> That's all it takes. It's, it's like, a lot. It's a lot. To, I, you know, when I, the first time I kind of became aware of the inequality, and I, I know this has to do with my privilege. Sure. Was watching a great documentary that we've talked a lot about. We've never watched it together. I think we, we should. Mm. Food Inc. Mm -hmm. And in Food Inc., and Food Inc. was really impactful to me because it kind of opened my eyes to where our food comes from. Well, and I to think a point it, that I never really thought about. And I think it, it coincided then. when you were about to have your first yes, child, which is which is very that's a real indelible moment. Well, you start when 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 you have a child, most people start to not be quite so selfish. Most people. In, in the sense that you have a, a tiny life that's entirely in your hands right. and can do nothing for itself. And sure. so you are completely responsible for its health and well-being. Well the funny thing is, it really does change the way you look at the whole world. Oh. It just changes so many things. And you start to become aware of things that you were never conscious of before. No. Like I remember not wanting to put my, take my baby outside of the hospital and take it home or take him home mm -hmm. <laughs> because I didn't want him to get dirty. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't want, there was like, there was construction on one of the roads on the way home. And I didn't want my husband to open the windows because I didn't want him to get dusty. <laughs> He's, you know, he has been dusty since then. <laughs> It's it was going to happen. He's probably dusty right now. But on day three, maybe you want to try and avoid that. Yeah, and it's that was, just such a weird feeling. And that was the kind of thing where it was like, I was in my early 30s and I had spent all of my life up until that point putting whatever I wanted into my body. Certainly once I became like an independent adult, I just put in my body whatever I felt like, right? Gross. Yeah, okay, gross. <laughs> and, and then it was like, there's this child 
And I don't want to put crap in them if I have an option. Gross as well, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, Please don't if, put crap in your baby. Yeah, don't put crap in your baby. Uh, and I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that I was giving him the all the advantages I possibly could, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not knowingly, because I knew I. Look, every parent comes to the realization where they they, they realize they're gonna fuck their kid up in some way. <laughs> you're gonna yeah. fill them. You're gonna fill them up with all of your ticks and fears and biases, and then send them out into the world. And right? the funny thing is. Your subsequent children, like your third child, it is not has not had the same childhood that your oldest child no, had. And I think anybody, and he's probably the healthiest. Yeah, out yeah, of the and three and, of them, and anybody who's a firstborn, yeah, and has had subsequent siblings, yeah, realizes that the younger siblings get a way easier ride. <laughs> Because your parents are learning how to be parents with you. They get with, to eat way more junk than you, you ever got to eat. Stay up later. <laughs> their curfew is better. They get they get far less observation. Mm-hmm. Just and part of that's just your time is split. But anyways, the point the point I was trying to make with with this food ink documentary was there's a point in the movie where they talk about the dollar menu. Yes. At at you know what your it was whatever your fast food it was, was Burger, Burger King, King? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Where a family of four. Could go to Burger King and and eat dinner. All four of them work all day. Yeah, and they and they go there and they get their dinner and it costs them like twenty dollars or something. Twelve dollars. Twelve dollars. It's something ridiculous for them to get dinner. Yeah, and then they're like, we want to eat healthier. Yeah. So then they go to the grocery store and they try and buy enough vegetables and stuff to to make a dinner, and it's far more than twelve dollars for them sure. to be able to do that. And I never really thought about that because. You know, my parents weren't super wealthy, but we had reasonably healthy food most of the time mm-hmm. in the household. And there was always an abundance of fruits and vegetables available mm-hmm, to us. Mm-hmm. It's not like we were always eating packaged food or anything sure. like that. And when you see that, you go, fuck, like if you want to eat organic or you want to eat non-GMO or you want to eat fresh, it's almost impossible to do it as cheaply as the packaged pre-made fast food stuff that's out there and i feel like this wellness space is the same kind of thing if you have enough money Mm -hmm. you have access to all of these extra things which and we'll talk about whether or not they're actually worth the money but the promise is you can do this only if you have enough money to be able to afford to do it properly to do it properly but i think what's made the difference in the in in this wellness industrial complex in the last couple in the last few years is that that reach for better health becomes farther and farther away the mm. less money you have yeah. but let me put let me posit something to you though <clears throat> yeah. because i remember watching the same thing and thinking about that a little bit that scene a little bit differently mm-hmm. that are they only eating once a day right because right. let's say they're eating twice a day. Sure. Okay? And, yeah, I don't know if it's $12 or $22 or something like that. Yeah. But let's say they're doing that twice a day, seven days a week. Add up all that money. That's a lot of groceries. Yeah. Yeah, on a per meal basis. On a per meal basis? We all know that to make a hamburger and fries and a shake, it's going to cost you more than $12 in ingredients to do that. Yeah. However, if... You are spending thirty or forty dollars a day every day buying fast food. 
think about how That's many groceries that yeah. is. That's a lot of things. And then you can plan meals and have leftovers and freeze some things and do. So it, it's a, it, it was a little bit of a, a, a misleading. Well, it's a documentary pushing a particular it, view. It is. Right? And, and, this, and this is the thing. You know, at the time, I think it was, I don't remember the year that that came out. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to put it on our page. So, but, and I think at the time there was a huge push behind organic stuff that all organic is better and the high, the higher price is worth it. And people can argue whatever they want to do. If, if, if buying organic makes you feel better, great. I would ask that if everybody just ate more fruit and vegetables, than they do now, you're going to be much healthier, whether they're organic or not. Yes. I, for, for me, when it comes to organic stuff, because I don't buy organic everything, but there no. are certain things that I buy organic because I feel like there's a reason. Bananas being one of them. Yeah. Because the amount of pesticides and things that are used to grow bananas in a regular situation, the impact, and there's a great documentary called uh, Bananas. I'll find it. I'll find okay. it and put it in there. Uh, it's a banana... Documentary it's, it's a, called Bananas. Yeah, it's like banana. <laughs> it, I, I want to say it's like Banana Ink, but it's not Banana Ink. It, but it's not Food that. Ink, Banana Ink, yeah, it's not. Strawberry Ink. But but when you see that and you see the kind of conditions and the environmental impact that that kind of farming has sure. in those areas, for me to pay twenty cents more per pound, which makes a difference of like less than half a dollar on my right. weekly banana right, order, right. it seems like the benefit outweighs the mm-hmm. cost. Mm-hmm. But this is what I'm saying. I think there's a lot of misinformation about a lot of different things and people read something or their yoga teacher tells them something mm-hmm. and they they go, oh yeah, cool, okay. So I wanted to, just in the interest of having a bit of a framework, there are basically four components to wellness and I just wanted to go through those four things. And let's talk about some of the, I guess, most pervasive misinformation that's out there and just give a couple of tips about how to make that component better in your life. Okay. Not necessarily with spending a lot of money or manifesting or whatever you have to do, which, oh my God, don't even get me started with that. (laughs) There was, I, I just saw an article today about, the increase in manifestation over the last year. Right. And Who was that by? That was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't Timothy Caulfield that wrote it. Oh, but, it wasn't, okay. But he posted it on his Twitter feed. Okay. It was a Washington Post article. And I understand it's been a rough year for everybody, but the idea that you can just sit there and think really hard and everything that you want just <laughs> fucking shows up like mm-hmm. an Amazon order, mm-hmm. again, is very, it, it, it also screams privilege. Like, yes. what does that mean for people that are have lost their jobs and their health insurance mm-hmm. and their homes mm-hmm. and and are sitting around going, oh, fuck, you know, if I just think hard enough and concentrate my energies on getting the perfect job and a beautiful home, that shit's just going to fucking show up. And that that makes me angry. It makes me really angry because it's just one of the, you know, if I just sit and think about what I want, it'll come to me because, come on. Because I'm me. Because I'm me and I'm thinking hard enough (laughs) about what I would like. And if that pisses people off, DM me because let's (laughs) talk about it. I would love to hear that. I would love to talk about 
The Secret. Mm. I found the documentary. What's it called? Bananas! Exclamation <laughs> mark. From two thousand and nine. It's it's not Freud. It's Freud. Freud. Yes. It's not bananas. It's bananas. Bananas! Exclamation mark. Star. There's an asterisk about like not to be confused with bananas and pajamas. Bananas and pajamas, which is also Canadian. B and P. Was that too? Was that a little ahead of your time? Or it was okay. It was (laughs) after I was a child, but but before before I had children. (laughs) So I'm not sure where you're going with that. If that was ahead of my time or not, I aged. I aged myself again (laughs) before your time. That's what I was. Not ahead of your time. Before 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 my time. time. Yes. So the four components of wellness that I teach to other people that I have lived with myself are nutrition, mm-hmm. exercise, sleep, stress management. Those are those, and, and you can call them the pillars of wellness, you can call them the wheels of wellness, whatever you want. The idea is that all four of those need to hit the ground mm-hmm. for you to sort of have, if you want to call it holistic health, if you look at human beings as organic life forms that are not little ice cube trays. They're not ice cube trays, right? You can't just go, oh, well, I got enough sleep last night. How come I still feel like shit? Oh, because the other three things are just a fucking mess. Yeah, yeah. You really need to pay attention to those four things. And if you can pay attention to those four things and start to move each one of those things in a positive direction, they all kind of feed into one another. And Yes. Would you not? They're not isolated for sure. No, no, they're all interconnected. Yeah, and when those four wheels are on the road, so to speak, you will notice a big difference in how you function, how you feel, mm-hmm. in your health markers, a lot of those things. So, so let's. So we've already been talking about food. So let's talk about nutrition. Yeah, let's talk about nutrition. Okay, what do you think is one of the biggest issues? in nutrition right now that a lot of people are falling prey to or a lot of people are worried about sort of like the 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 red herring so my ex was always she's always battled her weight mm-hmm. and once i was with her that was about the first time i ever started paying attention to nutrition labels or okay. anything like that mm-hmm. because my mom's italian and she made food that tasted good and it didn't matter if it was white pasta or whole wheat pasta. Like it was whatever her mom taught her and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I remember this craze and I'm sure it continues today. The low fat, the no fat mm-hmm. sort of like you could buy regular sour cream or no fat sour cream mm-hmm. on the surface of it. You go, well, I don't want to be fat. So I don't want to put fat in me. Mm-hmm. So I'll get the thing that has less fat. Sure. And fat tastes delicious. Oh, yes. And if you take fat out of something, you have to replace it with something to right. make it taste good. And usually it's some kind of sweetener. Of some it's kind. sugar. Yes. And it's not regular sugar. It's aspartame or some kind of synthetic sugar. Well, it could be any kind of sugar. Sugar is sugar is sugar. But, but, synthetic, the, but, but synthetic compounds, sweetener compounds, that... I feel like that can't be as good for you as regular sugar would be. Like organic, like raw sugarcane sugar has got to be better than aspartame. I mean, yeah. Aspartame is is different than a sweetener, I think. Isn't it? Well, it is a sweetener. It is a sweetener. Yeah. Yeah. The the thing is, is that the, the body doesn't, the body doesn't differentiate between yeah, like raw, organic or, sugar. raw organic sugar and white sugar. No, it really sugar, doesn't. Sugar, yeah. 
sugar, sugar, sugar. But the but the thing is, is that I think a lot of people ha- still feel like low fat is better. And that started in the 70s, the low fat campaign. Right. The problem with demonizing a macronutrient. And what is a macronutrient? I'm so glad you asked that. There are three macronutrients, three and a half actually. They are the the nutrients by which you get energy. So they are the only nutrients that have calories. Okay. And they are so named macronutrients because you need them in large amounts, i.e. grams per day. Okay. So you have carbohydrates, which is your body's go-to energy. And and the biggest villain right now these days. And the biggest villain right now. And and there are different types. You have simple carbohydrates and basically... What's a simple carbohydrate? A simple carbohydrate would be like... Something that, if you think about something that your body doesn't have to work very hard to get the sugar out. Like a fruit? Um, well, fruit juice would be a simple sugar. Okay. Fruit is a little bit different, especially if you're eating like whole fruit, raw fruit, because fruit has fiber. Right. Which is also considered a type of carbohydrate, but you have, but you have insoluble and soluble fiber. So like soluble fiber is the kind that travels around your bloodstream and picks up cholesterol and then insoluble fiber is the type that acts like a brush through your colon and makes you poop that sounds like the good kind well they're both good kinds right yeah so in nature sweet food is quite rare right but nature will bind it up with fiber so what what the fiber does is it makes your body have to work harder to access the sugar okay so you end up if you eat like if you eat a donut for example right you're gonna get a quick spike in your blood sugar and then a sharp drop in your blood sugar and that's why an hour after you eat a donut you need a nap and then you're hungry again right but if you have oatmeal that is something that your body has to work a little bit harder to get the sugar out of that to get the energy out Mm -hmm. so you get a a gentle rise right. and then a more sustained energy and then a gentler drop. Okay. So so you have that and then you have fat, mm-hmm. which is a lot of people think that fat makes you fat because it is the most dense macronutrient. Okay. So carbohydrates has four calories per gram. Protein has four calories per gram, which I'll talk about in a minute. And fat has nine calories per gram. Oh, wow. Okay. So people look at that and go, oh. You're getting a lot more calories if you have a higher fat content. Correct. Right. But the thing is, is that fat is also a satiator. You mentioned before, fat tastes great. Mm -hmm. And it does. And it also stays in your stomach for a really, really long time. So it's very, very difficult to overeat fat. It's a lot easier to overeat carbohydrates than fat because fat's a lot more dense. When I think, when when you're talking about fat, I'm thinking like you have a steak and you've got that like fat cap on the edge of it. Yeah, that's saturated fat. That's saturated fat. Saturated fat Saturated fat is, and that's another thing that a lot of people have been talking about. Unsaturated, polyunsaturated. Saturated, saturated unsaturated, yeah. that you shouldn't have a lot of saturated fat right. and that kind of thing. That it, it you know, puts you at risk for, for heart disease. And they're starting to look at that now in high cholesterol and things like that. They're starting to look at that now and seeing that there's not as much of a connection between saturated fat and heart disease as they thought but but if i eat that fat that i trim off my steak mm-hmm. and and put it in my like am i getting is there any nutritional value out of that that fat that yeah saturated it's fat concentrated energy in? yeah is it really yeah yeah oh, i should be so fat more. is very very concentrated energy right well and nine gram or nine, nine, nine calories, calories per, per gram, gram. Yeah. yeah 
and 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 it is a satiator and it is a satisfier. So it's very very difficult to overeat fat when mm-hmm. you when you when you don't have it mixed up with. It's very very easy to overeat carbohydrates, as right. we all know when we've had bread before a meal. It's really right. easy to do that, yeah. right? And we can just go and go and go, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's super satisfying. Yeah, it's delicious. But you think about carbohydrates are filler food, right? Right. Your yeah. all your starches is your filler food. Right. You can take a pound of meat. Like you could eat an eight ounce eight ounce steak, no problem, right? Hundred percent. I mean, you'd have some trouble with a sixteen ounce steak, but no, I've eaten more. Than- have you? Yeah, there was a there was a restaurant around me that had a seventy two ounce steak challenge. You did not eat it though. I did have. You? I mean, you ate seventy two ounces of meat in yeah, one sitting. Yeah, this Bro. was this was in my phase of like eating twenty six McDonald's pancakes on their all you can eat pancake. Sunday mornings and I want to you know, I want to say that you were probably in university pizza, pizza at this high, point. High school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two and a half or three pounds of a Panzerati in under an hour or something <laughs> like that. Like, yeah, I did a lot of stupid shit like that. Yeah, stunt food. That's cool. Well, you know what? When you wrestle, I'm really then, glad that I didn't date you then. When, I wouldn't when, be dating. When you. you do sports where like your weight is important, and then that season ends, mm-hmm. and you don't have to watch what you're doing anymore, you go get a little bit. You get a little, get a little crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I forget what I was saying. Oh, you were saying about steaks, eating an eight oh, ounce steak, sixteen ounce yeah, steak. Yeah. So, but you can. So, sixteen ounces is a pound. That's a lot so, of steak. But one person could eat that. Sure. But you add a bunch of rice or pasta mm-hmm. or potatoes, and you can extend that pound of meat to feed four people. Right. So, if you want to think about starch in that way, that it's a filler food, mm-hmm. but. We need it. We need that energy from carbohydrates. Right, because it's easier to access, right? It's accessed in three different places. We can access it from the muscle. We can access it from the bloodstream and also from the liver. The liver can make more glucose okay. from stored glycogen. It's called, it's one of my favorite words as a, as a kin nerd, gluconeogenesis. Sounds, sounds like a special effect in a movie. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> and then we have protein. And protein, right. also four calories per gram. It is... So same as carbohydrates. Same as carbohydrates. Arguably more important? Not more important, than, but but different. Okay. So, so protein is used for tissue repair and growth. And the cells in our body are made up of different combinations of proteins. This is one of the reasons why I don't appreciate diets that exclude an entire macronutrient and this right. is where i was going with this from the beginning like no carbs or no fats nobody right. excludes protein no i guess like vegan diets vegan diets tend to be trouble trouble problematic tro- troublematic troublematic that sounds like perfection it's uh, yeah it's the game with the troublematic bubble no it's, it's a <laughs> problematic bubble <laughs> you don't see a lot of low protein diets no. however yes people that have chosen to go vegan they need to be very very careful and we'll talk a little bit about some vegan propaganda a little mm-hmm. bit later and no shade whoever wants to Absolutely be no. vegan no. for whatever reason you want to do it all i would say do your fucking homework you before have to you be do something much like more that. diligent yes if you're humans evolved as omnivores well and this is the thing as a kinesiologist you as an anthropologist we we see these programs and these these things that show up on the internet and we go because yeah. it, it doesn't the, the pseudoscience that's presented oh. is just 
it's 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 irresponsible at best and dangerous at most oh man we're gonna talk about some of these documentaries but that one that looked at gorilla dentition (laughs) and and was there's been a couple yeah and and as a primatologist i was like this is so wrong yeah because gorillas eat mainly well they eat exclusively vegetation sure and they're like, look at them. They're huge and giant. Therefore, humans can eat just vegetation and will be huge and giant. You're like, no, your alimentary system is totally different. Right. I mean, for, gorillas for, are like borderline. Please, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Tell the babies what the alimentary system well, is. Well, it, it's your it's, digestive it's not, system. It's not, where, it's not where little kids go. No, it's, it's it, yeah, it's not an elementary system. It, it's it's basically like your digestive system. Your di- yeah, the tract. And and gorillas are, are borderline Oh, they're not well they're fermenters effectively mm-hmm. so and our stomachs don't 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 work Do that. like that like no. cows can eat all the grass they want and it's really hard to get nutrition out of you know there's a lot of cellulose in in plant material so they have to break it down in stages and re-break it down and 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 well, regurgitate and they, it they have a rumen for that exactly and and to say to say that it's the same that that one order of primates or one group of primates therefore transit and it's like no it's no. all wrong like, no it's yeah so it just that kind of stuff lights me up when when, when I see that <laughs> just I don't know if we've mentioned this before but we can take a ninety minute documentary oh, yeah. and it'll take three and a half hours for us to watch it because we have to pause legit and have, I was like, just thinking the exact same thing were you? yeah it, it takes us like we're gonna watch a ninety minute documentary we got to clear half a day for that <laughs> it's gonna be. It's going to be a while. It's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, especially especially some of these docs that we've watched recently. And this is the thing. There's a lot that that walk down the middle of the road between exercise and diet and evolutionary mm-hmm. diet advice, that kind of thing. And so yeah. that's your bailiwick and my bailiwick yep. mushed together in one fucking mess of a documentary. And we just sit there and scream at the TV <laughs> for, for half a day. And so... And then you've got, you know, you've got your micronutrients, which is your your vitamins and minerals and, and those kinds of things. And those are all important. And you can't, we've, we still haven't learned that we, we cannot demonize one macronutrient without overeating too much of the other ones and then demonizing one of those. Right. So from the 70s, there was the low fat craze, which everybody got fat on, by the way. Yeah. Obesity rates went up. Yeah. Incredibly high after that. Yeah, which that's a whole other... I, I mean, I don't want to get into obesity too, like a lot today because that's that's a whole other topic. Yeah, it's a big, that's a big topic. It's a big topic, no pun intended. But then everybody, everybody demonized fat and proceeded to overeat carbohydrates and now carbohydrates have been demonized with right. fucking... What's that stupid wheat belly? And, yeah. and, and, and now the gluten-free movement and and low carb movement has come along and how's everybody doing pretty much the same yeah and unhappy because they've got no carbs in their life because bread makes life worth living especially my artisanal sourdough i've been making these last couple is it artisanal it is because i'm an artisan (laughs) it's italian made it's a fine italian craftsmanship Your bread is very good. Thank you. Yeah. And it makes us all happy. Yes, it does. Initially. And then I, I find it's less bloaty. It is. It because, is less bloaty. Because of the way the gluten structure is formed. Because it's alive. Well, because, yeah, I take all that lovely yeast and, and have it do its job. But the way the gluten is processed and the way the gluten structure forms in it, mm. I feel like it is a lot more digestible than something that is heavily processed. Well, here's the other thing. <clears throat> so, so 
gluten-free things are important for someone that is allergic to gluten. Sure. Or has, well, what, gluten is a protein. Yeah. Right? It's a combination of proteins. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, and people that are allergic to gluten have a really, really hard time with it. But that's only about 1% of the population. And the, those are people with celiac disease. Yes. Right. But for some reason, the food industry has convinced us, and people that have made a lot of money writing about gluten, mm. have convinced the rest of us that we should avoid gluten also. Well, you, you said it just now, just a couple seconds ago, that my bread is less bloaty. And we've experienced this even with, we've been, I've been trying to find a pizza joint in, in my area to make nice pizza. And we've tried a couple of different places and some of them we feel like garbage afterwards. And then other ones, like the one last night was pretty good. Yeah, it, it was seemed, good. Yeah. Right. And, and I really feel it, it, it has to do with the type of dough that they're using. The quality of the flour. And, and the quality of the flour that they're saying, using. Yeah, but, but, I'm, but, but, but people are thinking that. But if you read Wheat Belly and buy all of that shit, it's like you have brain fog and you have this and you have that. And it's like it blames it blames wheat and gluten on everything from brain fog to arthritis. Like, but but I but I feel like when somebody like we had that experience a a couple of weeks ago where you eat this pizza and you go, oh, I feel really crap. And then you do some research. It's like, oh, you have a gluten sensitivity. If you just cut gluten out, you won't feel like that. And you go, oh, okay, cool. And then you do that. And you're like, oh, shit, I don't, you don't eat that shitty gluten, that that shitty bread product again. And you go, oh, I feel better. And therefore, you've just confirmed your bias that, oh, yeah, I really do need to cut this out. Whereas if you eat the right type of all, the only bread you eat is like homemade sourdough bread, you're going to, most people are going to be great off of that, and they're not going to feel terrible about it. Well, that's the other the, the other part too is is the fiber content. When I talked about fiber before, right? People that are eating white Wonder Bread, mm-hmm. and it basically sits like a golf ball in your in your system because there's nothing to push it through. It kills ducks. <laughs> that's no good. Don't feed ducks bread. Can please. I feed it to the geese? Because I don't like geese. <laughs> geese are important too. No, they're not. Yes, they are. They're mean. They are mean. I mean, they're great to watch. When they're mean and ugly and delicious. <laughs> no, those that's a turkey. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, fine. I won't kill the geese. All right. So, but, but this is the thing. So, so I think a lot of people get caught up in all of the things that they shouldn't or can't eat. Right. There, so much so that I don't know if you're aware of this. That there is a new eating disorder. Oh, really? We run another one. We have a new one. Okay, what's this one called? And actually, was it you that was telling me? I don't know that um, that there has been an uptick in eating disorders over the last me. year. That wasn't that me. was not. But you? that doesn't surprise me. No, the stress a lot of people have been under with for with sure. COVID, yeah, but there's an, a, a fairly new one called orthorexia. Orthorexia. Mm-hmm. Okay. So ortho, if you have orthodontics, right, that is to make your teeth perfect. Right. If you have orthopedics, it's to make your feet perfect or to make right and what's this one called ortho what orthorexia so anorexia is like no food no food yeah so rexia means diet okay ortho means perfect so orthorexia is an obsession like an ocd disorder okay but it is it is basically an obsession with the most perfect diet okay so you will find people having a panic attack in a grocery store trying to decide if they should buy kale or spinach. Or heaven forbid, if the kale's out, what are they going to do? Right. Yeah. And Or or they they will withdraw from social engagements because they don't want to eat what 
is going to be offered. Right, because they have social, no control over they it. They have no control over it. Right. Or they will bring their own food everywhere. And it's and it's not a very healthy way to live. It's this idea that you're poisoning your body. Unless you have complete control over complete it. Complete control right. and you have and you are only putting in the most perfect food all the time. Right. And social media doesn't help. You know, with people, this is what I ate for breakfast, and this is what I ate. And who cares what you ate? I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat what I want to eat. Yeah. I mean, I like my food to look pretty, but I don't need to show everybody how pretty it is. Sometimes you Some, like to sometimes take I pictures do. of your bread. I do. I take good, my food porn is on point. <laughs> but I'm not one of these people that does it all day, every day. Every like you can you can see what my I don't need to keep a food journal. You just have to look at my Instagram page or something like that. That's no, not, that's true. Because food is to be enjoyed, and if you're going to take those calories in, they should be the highest qual. In my opinion, should be the highest quality calories, or whatever it is, or what you're feeling that day. Yeah, because you know, food is more than fuel. Food is more than just I need to put calories in there. And, and there I, are there are cultural implications yeah. and social implications and romantic implications and bonding implications Mm -hmm. and celebratory implications and it should be food there's only one other thing other than food that stimulates all five senses at the same time there's only two things on the planet that do that that's right food yep and sex sex right and delicious delicious sex (laughs) and there's a reason that our biological directive is basically food and sex. Yep. And what we want next depends on what we had last. Yep. And some sleep in there because, you know, you need to be well rested. True. Yeah. Well, we can't help sleep. We don't go towards sleep. It comes for us. Yeah, that's right? true. So I think a lot of the nutritional advice, you know, you see these pop-ups all the time. Don't eat these foods. Never eat these foods again. Never eat these five foods. If you want to lose weight, just do this one thing and you can lose weight. And again, I don't want to talk about losing weight. I don't want to talk about obesity today because that's not an issue. We're talking about health. And at some point, weight plays a part. But for the most part, not really. So what is something that you have learned over the last little while about food and how to make yourself healthier oh i i know the answer to this one. Oh no you, there's no right answer i'm asking you what you there do. is a right answer oh okay and i'm about to tell you it date me yeah that's, <laughs> that's not available to everybody unfortunately okay one of the things that i found that makes it a lot easier to be healthier with regards to the food intake mm-hmm. is keeping track of what you eat not necessarily to impose modifications on your diet, but I I feel like, at least for me, that the simple act of tracking what I'm eating mm-hmm. and understanding what that translates to in terms of the macronutrients and the quantities that I'm taking in and the total number of calories that I'm taking in mm-hmm. goes a long way to naturally sort of, or more naturally, modifying your behavior mm-hmm. around food. Because if you're going to go to a fast food restaurant and realize that, like, let's say your calorie limit for the day is 2,500 calories. Mm -hmm. And you're going to go to McDonald's, you're going to get double Big Mac, large fries, and a large Coke. And you're going to be like 1,800 calories into that that day. That pretty much blows it out. And you go, shit, well, I I hope I don't get hungry again. Mm -hmm. 
Otherwise, you're gonna you're gonna blow, and then people wonder why there's this like slow progression of weight gain as they get older. It's like a creep. It just creeps because mm-hmm. if you're taking in 25, 50, 70, 80 percent more calories a day than you're burning, mm-hmm. it's got to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna go mm-hmm. to it's gonna go to energy storage. It's gonna become fat. That's right. Yeah. And and if you're not active, and a lot of people as they get older and they start having kids, metabolism slows down. Mm-hmm. Your lifestyle changes because you know you've got as a lot of people as they get older get more successful in work move into higher positions maybe they're not quite as active anymore more of a desk job whatever they're if you don't make conscious choices to monitor the type of and the quantity of food that you've got in and add a sufficient amount of exercise to combat overages and eating and things like that the inevitable result is that you're just gonna pack on weight Mm -hmm. and that puts you at risk of all sorts of other kind of health issues as you that are related to aging but also related to weight gain mm-hmm. and we've seen mm-hmm. this in the COVID-19. and inactivity and yeah yeah but in the COVID-19 pandemic we've seen a disproportionate amount of people succumbing or becoming infected with COVID that also have comorbidities co- comorbidities like obesity mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah. so tra- so tracking tracking that, tracking that for me it, that's been the biggest thing yeah I mean I think tracking so there's some really really good apps out there and you know, you need to be careful. You still need to enjoy your life. and that, But I but I think, you know, the funny thing about food is that after you eat it, there's no evidence. So it's really, really easy. What was that study with chicken wings? Yeah, so there's there's a, a great book called Mindless Eating. Okay. And I'll, I'll put a link in. Yeah, it, it, it's a great book. It, it talks a lot about even just putting some mindfulness into what you're eating and enjoying it. I always get upset when I see my children standing up and eating right or walking and eating right sit down and enjoy your food think about what you're doing yeah there were a couple of cool things in that book there's some he does uh he does some pretty interesting experiments on uh, the campus that he does his research out of and he set up two sets of college students on uh, like like on a nfl sunday or something like that okay and it was at this bar and there was like an imaginary line down the middle of the bar. And uh, and he got the kids to come in with the promise of free all-you-can-eat chicken wings. Right. So the kids would come in and they sat one half on one side of the bar and the other half on the other side of the bar. And on one side of the bar, they instructed the servers to go and collect the bone bowls. So you eat a mm-hmm. chicken wing, you throw the bone in the bowl. And every so often, the servers would come along and remove the bowls. And on the other side of the bar, they would leave them there. And they found that in the groups where they removed the bone bowls, they the students ate 20 to 30% more chicken wings. Okay. Because they had no evidence of what they had been eating. Right. On the other side of the bar, you see bowls you know, overflowing with this bones and you graveyard. go, wow, I should slow the fuck down. Yeah. The chicken graveyard. <laughs> and he talked about the same kind of thing about how hard you got to work. So if you're going to have, the worst thing to do is to have candy on your desk at work, for example. Right. Like a bowl of gummy bears or yes, a bowl of Skittles. A, a or jar of like gummy bar- yeah. bears or something like that. It's better to have something that you need to unwrap like Hershey's Kisses right. or, or my favorite crack, Reasons. Right, or Starburst or something like that. Oh my God. Please throw those away. I can't. They're the, they're the last things left from the Halloween candy. Oh my God, they're so good. Nobody likes them. That's like why they're them. the last ones here. I know, and then I eat them. But <laughs> if you have to unwrap something, right. then you have evidence. You have the wrappers, right? right? Yeah. 
if you if you're gonna have candy in the office put it in a central location where you got to get your ass up and go get yeah, it you got to walk to get it yeah yeah absolutely. and i think that's the other thing too is that people that have been working from home and food is so accessible the, right the, you the just, entire just kitchen is your, just down the, the kitchen is your oyster yeah. right so i think but tracking using tracking apps and their databases are huge and it's yeah like you can just scan the upc code on your food yeah that you buy and and all the stuff comes through now i've heard i've heard there's been some research to show that to a certain degree tracking apps encourage eating fast food and packaged food because it's easier to track right yes because if you've got to weigh out the broccoli that you're cooking it gets harder to get an accurate reading right here's the thing though it's also a learning app yeah. So if you do that once, right, and all you have to do is get a kitchen scale, and it's very, very easy to just figure out what your favorite big salad is, yeah, and it'll remember that, and you can do it again. It's really not that hard, but this is the thing. If you are willing to put some time into it, then it's going to be really helpful for you. And there's an obesity doctor in Ottawa, Ontario, Dr. Yoni Friedhoff, and he talks about his patients that use tracking apps lose and sustain more weight loss than people who don't and i think it's just that that sense of i don't know what the word is i'm looking for about tracking yeah like not responsibility but just like if there's accountability accountability thank you i think another thing that you've done is that and i would recommend to a lot of people as well don't drink your calories yeah i love pop yeah or if to our American friends, soda. soda. We call it pop. In the and drink. when I used to be on the road a lot, I would eat a lot of fast food. And the simple act of getting a bottle of water with my lunch mm-hmm. rather than getting a Coke, mm-hmm. that's huge. And I notice when I've been eating a lot of sugar, I can see it. Like I physically, quickly. I can see it quickly. quickly. Yeah. I love handles, start to get a little more handily. More lovey. A little, little more grippy, <laughs> you know? And I notice when I cut out the sugar mm-hmm. that they're one of the first things to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Sure. So, yeah, cutting yeah. Out, drinking your calories and alcohol. Yes. People will go out and have, you know, two or three drinks on a night out, hopefully mm-hmm. getting home responsibly. Sure. But the amount of calories yeah. in like three glasses of wine. Well, this, that's the other thing. Or, yeah. or a distilled spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's got to be crazy, right? Well, alcohol is seven grams per, seven calories per gram. Oh, wow. So it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot too. And there's also... It's the same as fat almost. Almost. But the thing is too, and a lot of people don't realize this, is that there are stretch receptors in your jaw. That was one of the, that was one of the things that that you taught me that Hmm. I was kind of like, whoa. Wow. Yeah. So for all the babies out there, there are stretch receptors in your jaw. So when you eat... And when you eat, you know, food that is l- a little less processed. Like a raw vegetable so that's fresh, crunchy. Fresh vegetables yeah. and fruit. Nuts. Nuts and seeds, things like that. Your, there are stretch receptors in your brain, or in your jaw, where your brain starts to get the message that you're eating. Right. And when you bypass that system... By eating a processed by, hamburger or something like by that. By eating, yeah, you, you notice that fast food is very squishy. You really only have to chew it a couple of times very before little. you can swallow it. Yeah. And also, if you are drinking your calories, like through alcohol or booster juices 
or something like that, mm-hmm. your brain doesn't quite get the idea, doesn't get the message that you're eating. Wait, so a smoothie's a bad idea? No, but you need to be... Aware. But you need to be aware... Of how many calories that smoothie is when you're taking it in. A, and yeah. B, that your brain may tell you that you're still hungry. Right. But you're going to... You, okay. But with the smoothie, you're still going to get fiber from the fruit that's being blended, right? Perhaps. Yeah. Juicing if you're not, is a if you're not thing. using juice, if you're not using juice, yes, if you're using whole fruit, then it's a little. And different. if you and if you're getting, if you're putting a, a good chunk, a good bit of protein in there, right, and the fat from either milk or yogurt, yogurt. so that's going to, and that mixed meal with carbohydrate, fat, and protein, that is going that's to hold winner. you over yeah. a lot more. But just, but just to be aware that the things that you're not chewing. Your brain isn't going to right. register as quickly. So alcohol is very, very easy to overindulge in mm-hmm. because your brain's not getting the message. Not to mention the fact that at the end of all that, you tend to make kind of poor eating choices. Well, so yes, because... pulling through the drive through at 2 a.m. because there's nothing else open. Oh, fuck, and- we've done that before. <laughs> we have. <laughs> and then our favorite place now has 24-hour drive throughs Yes. And it's like even worse. I know, but now we don't even have to be out to get that. Like we're we're doing that every couple of weeks, anyways, because <laughs> it's just too good. Thank you, a, thank you, A Dubs. A and W. I think that's just a Canadian thing. I don't know if Is our it? American. I don't think they have it in America. I don't, I don't think know. so. I I mean, you're missing out. It's pretty good. Delicious. It's good shit. Yeah. Yep. So so that's nutrition. So a okay. couple of things. Track. Don't drink your calories. And you know what? Just try. You know, if you're setting up your plate. You know, this is kind of an easy thing to, an easy visual for you. Think about half of your plate should be fruit and vegetables. And that can be frozen, that can be fresh, that can be steamed, whatever. And and is there a benefit or a difference between it being fruit versus vegetable? Um, Obviously, fruit has more sugar. Right. Even though it's fruit sugar, it's still... Fructose, right? It's still, yeah, it's still sugar. Um, So vegetables are probably better. Right. But fruit is great, and then one quarter protein and another quarter carbohydrates. And you, if you, if you're, if you're dying for starch, then have it. Okay. Um, and the more color, the better. The more color, the better. Generally speaking. Yeah. Okay. And the less processed, the better. Okay. Yes. That's easier to put into your tracking app. What the less the less processed stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're just if you're as long as you're weighing it. If yeah, if you, if, you need if to you know spend, your quantities. If if you spend fifteen dollars to get a kitchen kitchen scale or then, or back. A crowdfunding project like I did years ago for a cutting board that had a built-in scale on it that I still haven't received. Maybe this year I'll get it. Add that to the pile of yeah. things that you've crowdfunded that you're never going to get. Actually, most of my stuff comes through. But there's, really? there's Where's two your coffee things. spinner? Where's your coffee oh, spinner? Oh, my coffee maker. Oh, it's called a coffee spinner. It's called Spin. Anyways, don't order it, people <laughs> out there. Because you're probably never going to get it. There are people who ordered it four years ago. Oh, I just heard En Vogue in my head. Never going to get it, never going to get it, never going to get it, never going to get it. What's next on our list? Talk to me about exercise. Okay. Can you think of some things that you've heard about exercise that are kind of wellness spacey? Nothing comes to mind off the top of my head. No. I'm sure you're going to give me an example and I'm going to go, yeah, that, that I've heard, but nothing comes to mind. I think things are changing in the in the exercise space that there were know, always fad devices. Yeah. The thigh master was the first one I remember. Okay. Well, like this is it's 2021, dude. Yeah, I know. People don't even know what the fuck that is. 
Okay, they the don't. shake weight that looks like you're jacking off <laughs> something. Is that a little bit oh closer to You know, this I, I think I think the most pervasive worry was that women lifting weights was going to make them bulky. Mm-hmm. And that you don't have to you don't have to kill yourself no to be in better shape and that no. there's and, be- and if you want to be giant it's not going to happen because you no. go to the gym three times a week and lift weights no exactly um i think that i think that there's always been sort of this this is the thing that's going to do it for you right well this, yes this is this is going to be you know the game changer for you and the reality is you know people people ask me all the time like What's the best workout? It's the one you're going to do. Yeah. And there's lots of different... You should have, you know, a cardio component Mm -hmm. and a strength component. The game changer for me was the kind of high intensity interval training type workouts. Okay. Functional training. Functional Functional hit training. Yeah. Yeah. Functional hit training that that you showed me. Mm Mm-hmm. That worked so much better for me mm-hmm. than the traditional do a little bit of cardio, you know, do two different muscle groups every time you go in mm-hmm. and then, mm-hmm. you know, and then abs and then go home. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've gotten way better results with that. And I think because it combines all those components sure. into, into a single There's a metabolic workout. component to yeah. that. There's an endurance component to that. There's a strength component to that. And that's, and that's great. And, and for people that have touted a lack of time, to exercise oh, as a reason for not exercising. Yeah, a 20 minute wide. And you'll you be, be able to do that. And a lot of them are shorter than that. Yeah. But I think one thing I've noticed over the last year is that a lot more people are realizing that they don't need to go to the gym. Much to the chagrin of the big box, gym. big box gym industry. And I don't, I mean, which have always had a shitty business model anyway. So the pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think the explosion of home fitness and online fitness yeah. has been a really really good thing because it has made it a lot more accessible for a lot more people because if you can't afford a gym membership or if you can't get there, yeah. if you're working long hours and yeah. things like that or the wrong hours, then it's mostly inaccessible to you. But I think sort of a grassroots return yeah. of fitness where you can do a lot just with your own body weight or a very inexpensive set of bands or YouTube videos yep. with yoga yeah. and a yoga mat Zumba and some bands and, and maybe a couple of kettlebells and, and you can pretty much do most of what you would do yeah. in a big gym. And looking at how how beneficial it is just to go for a walk. Yeah. I read something the other day that I don't think I've ever seen it laid out this way, but when I read it, my brain just kind of went, oh, wow. Yeah, it was a big yeah. light bulb moment for you. Yeah, and so when you think about, and especially this kind of ties into the stress management thing a little bit, but if you think about your nervous system, you have, if you, if you think about when everything's cool, you know, and you're not in a stress response or mm. a fear response, which people think of as fight or flight. Yeah which there's actually two more components to that. Yeah, we're a little bit more capable of either just fighting or fleeing. Like Yeah, but that that's kind of interesting too, is that, you know, just recently we've learned about freeze and submit, which are the other two components of the fear response, which I think, I think we've all experienced all of those at some point over the last year. Multiple times every day. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and so if you think about parasympathetic is when everything's cool and you're just relaxing and digesting and breathing mm-hmm. and 
all those things. And then the sympathetic is when you're putting stress on the body for it to perform in some way. Right. And if you think about a, a workout, that is a an intentional poking of the sympathetic mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. Because you need to create a disturbance in order to create change physiologically mm-hmm. in your body. But what I didn't really think about is that going for a walk outside and not really with any place to go or with a target heart rate. A or, stroll. Yeah, just to enjoy being outside mm-hmm. and getting air and having a conversation. That kind of activity or a yin yoga session stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system and tells your body, everything's cool, uh, you can relax, okay. you can breathe, you can enjoy, there's no stress here. Right, you don't have to be primed for something big. Right, happen, right, right. And so to have a balance of those types of activities, especially during this time, is really, really important. Hmm. And that wasn't really something I had considered. I mean, I think... You kind of naturally fell into that. You naturally fall into that where you go, I need this, Yeah. and I also need this. And those but things. But there's a biological to, reason behind why they work. But just together. thinking about thinking yeah. about it in those terms of intentional sympathetic stimulation and intentional parasympathetic stimulation. Right. It's you need both of those things, and especially now, you need to. We need to force ourselves to relax, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's a really important thing. So that I think is the one of the things that I've learned recently, and I. I mean, fuck, I've been. Been doing this doing a while. this training thing for multiple decades, and I've tried a lot of different things. And this is the thing: find something that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Find something that makes you feel good. And fuck, I mean, I have, and I think like a lot of people have a love hate relationship with working out. Mm-hmm. I always, or almost always, hate it while I'm doing it. <laughs> but when you I'm were done, hating it today, Bo. but when I well, that battle rope the series was like it was 13 minutes of torture. Yes. <laughs> But it was only 13 minutes. And this is what's amazing is I got a full body workout Mm -hmm. that gassed me out completely. Mm -hmm. Like I was, Mm -hmm. I I needed five, 10 minutes just lying on the floor, like breathing to recover from it. Yeah. But then it's like. All done. I'm done. I've done my my bout of exercise for the day. And then we went for a walk down by the water. And and aside from my grumpiness, it was. It was a little windy today. (laughs) But that's, that's okay. But but I think Beatrice a lot of, doesn't like to be cold. No, and I, and I think I think a lot of people have that kind of love hate relationship with working out. But what is it that you always say about about working out? Something about feeling feeling good. No, nobody ever regrets. Oh, the only bad workout is the one you don't do. That's the one. Yeah, that's the saying. Yeah, yeah. Nobody nobody comes out of a workout going, "Wow, I really wish I hadn't done that one." Yeah, that's I'm I'm. I really regret that. I, I really should have stayed on the couch today. Yeah, nobody. Just move. Just move a little bit and listen to your body. Listen yeah. to your body. But I think the way, a lot of times the way exercise is marketed, it's marketed as a drudgery. It's marketed as torture. It's marketed well, well, and, as... And the fad type things mm-hmm. like the thigh masters and the shake weights. And Are the, you serious with the thigh master? Okay, the, the P90X. Like fucking Suzanne Summers. The P90X and the Tybo and all these things were like, here's a Stop way... Stop the insanity. Yeah, like... Or, is it insanity? That There was a program, Insanity. Yeah, and it's basically... Here's here's a way to spend 15 or 20 minutes a couple times a week and you're going to get absolutely shredded. Hating your life. 
but but you're gonna hate it while you're doing it. I mean, there was a whole the biggest loser program was was basically take a bunch of people who are overweight and subject them to restricted diet and over exercise them. Yeah, and and, and it, listen, and then and then and then kick them off if they lost less than the rest of the people on the show. Don't even get me started about the biggest loser and how fucking <laughs> toxic and and horrible that but was. There are people in my life that were like. Oh my God, that's what I need. I need to go to, and it's just basically another version of a fat camp. Basically, yeah. But it's I need a, to go. I need to go. It's a fat camp with TV cameras. Right. I need to go to TV camera fat camp, and oh. then I will achieve my fitness goals. It's so horrible. Yeah. Because this is the thing. Like everybody wants it now. Consistency is an important thing. Well, people and ask feeling you, good. What's your secret? <laughs> like, what do you do? Because because Beatrice is is in shape. She is. Thank you. And thank you. And people ask you, like, what, what do you do? How do you how do you look the way you do? <laughs> and nobody's ready to do what you do. <laughs> I'm I'm crazy though. How many steps you got today, bitch? I work out twelve times a week. <laughs> I don't need to count my steps, and that's all made up too. The ten thousand steps a day was just a made up number. Yeah, it has no scientific no. backing at all. No. I mean, neat is a real thing. Neat? Neat. Like the hair removal stuff? No. That's N-E-E-T. This This is N-E-A-T, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Okay. So basically that is building into your life more ways to move. Mm -hmm. So taking the stairs instead of the escalator. Oh, right. Yeah. Parking far away, not driving around for 20 minutes looking for a spot right in front of the door. And it's like, bitch, where are we going? Things like that, yeah. 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 But when we go places... Right. Walk soon. More. We're going to be going places soon. soon. soon Our American soon. friends are already going places. So yeah, congratulations we're going to get there. You. Yeah. Are we on the third thing on the list? The next thing is sleep. Oh, I love sleep. It's like a time capsule to breakfast. A time machine? <laughs> time machine. Sorry, not time capsule. That's the wrong thing. <laughs> you bury time capsules. You take time machines to go places. <laughs> it's a time machine to breakfast. Time machine. It's a time machine to coffee. Time machine to peanut butter toast. Mm, I remember when I used to do that. I remember when you used to do that too. Sleep is super important and you know they really are just starting to understand the function of it. And in our western culture, our fucked up western culture, mm. in our hustle culture, yeah. Sleep is for pussies, sleep is for lazy people, sleep Can't take is a nap. for sleep is for people that don't want to work hard yeah. and it's a weird 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 thing. Mm-hmm. Especially when you start to delve into the research of what sleep actually does. Right. And what sleep deprivation does. Well, and we seem to know that for children, it's generally people understand how important it is for children to get sufficient sleep. Mm-hmm. But it seems like when we become adults, we kind of go, oh, we're adults. Our brain doesn't I'll sleep when I'm dead. Yeah, right? No, bro. Yeah. No. Don't sleep. You'll get there sooner. I've seen recently these motivational speeches about... You know, you only need to sleep for like five hours a night. What are you doing with the other 19 hours hmm. of your day? And it's like, bro. What is it? Is it uh, uh, Elon Musk who only sleeps like two hours a night or something that like that? That explains a lot. Well, yeah, right? And it seems like a badge of honor if you don't need a lot of sleep. I mean, we do it to doctors. They're, the residency yeah. program for and doctors is brutal. I don't want a doctor that's been up for 24 hours no. operating on my kidney. No, Fuck that you. shit. No. I want a well-rested, well-fed, recently exercised doctor <laughs> working on like the inside of me. Yeah. I mean, usually they don't have emergency kidney surgery, but but 
But listen, or if, I whatever. Come in, if I come in with a with a knife, you know, sunk into the top of my head, you're right. I want somebody who's had some sleep. Yeah, I don't want a sleepy dude trying no. <laughs> to figure that out. No. no. And we do that a lot, right? It's yeah. like, why? Why? That doesn't even make sense. In the health field, yeah. people are sleep deprived. That makes no wow. sense. Okay. We can't say that because they're in the health field, they know better because it wasn't long ago that doctors were recommending smoking to... to as a weight loss thing. As a weight loss thing, yeah. right? They were, I, think in, I think in Quebec, they still smoke in the operation theaters. Shut up. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just... You know what? That's, that tracks though. <laughs> I love our Quebecer friends, but you know that probably that wouldn't surprise. I me. mean, doctors used to smoke in the operation in the operating theaters. Gotcha. That that used to happen. Yeah. Oops, ashed inside. You know, <laughs> a fallopian tube. They just absorb it. <laughs> oh my god! So sleep. So, so technology. What, so, technology yeah. has has made. I think has helped to illustrate and also help us with the quality of our sleep. Yeah, I, I don't know if a lot of people realize why. And this is the thing: I, I, I'm very, I'm very wary of making everything a competition or making everything a game. Well, gamifying things is one of the. You say that, and yet you spend a lot of time on a language app called Duolingo that has gamified learning a language. Right. Yeah, and when I'm sick of their shit, I just freeze my streak right, for but, five days in a row. Well, but they, but 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 game like, I'm not playing. I'm not playing today. Inspiring a competitiveness is a great motivation tool for a lot of things. Sure, but I also think it's important for you to understand why you're doing. Well, something. to do it for the right reason. I have this app that I wear. Oh my god, I love it. So I have a smartwatch, and I have this app. It's called Sleepwatch, and it gives you all sorts of metrics based on your movements and your heart rate and all that kind of stuff. And what's cool about it is it gives me insights. It tells me, you know, my heart rate dip or the amount of restful sleep I get versus kind of disrupted sleep, how things in my life are changing that. So if I've had a bout of exercise or if I have had alcohol the day before or whatever sorts of thing, then you have to plug in this information. But then it can start saying to you like, hey, we noticed that if you do 30 minutes of exercise, your quality of sleep is better as a mm-hmm. result of that. And I think giving you that kind of guidance to try and improve things can be helpful. I think if you start obsessing over it, then it's a bit of a problem. And not everybody can have Not everybody can have Apple a smartwatch watch. or something like that. That's true. Right. So, and, and it's great that it helps you, but do you know why sleep is important? I mean, obviously... From a focus standpoint or just feeling good? Well, I know at a basic level that sleep is basically your body turning most of your systems offline to allow your body to process the day, to allow the body to heal mm-hmm. and recharge, right? Yeah. For for the next for the next day's sort of activities. So this is this is where you start to see the interaction of things. Okay. okay? So if you are well hydrated and you've eaten fairly well, you're going to sleep better. Right. Okay. If you have exercised, like you said, you're going to sleep better. Why does that matter? Well, there's been some pretty recent research that shows that there are certain proteins that build up in your brain during mm-hmm. the day. And when you sleep, there are certain processes that go on that clear that protein out of your brain. Do you know what that protein is? I don't. I can't remember what it's called, but here's something that'll blow your mind. I'm ready. They are finding very high levels of that protein in Alzheimer's patients. 
Oh, snap. Seriously? Seriously. So, and a lot of patients that suffer from Alzheimer's, before the progression of that disease, complain that they're not sleeping well. Wow. So what they're finding now, in addition to tissue repair and growth, and so all of the advantages to your weightlifting and everything else, that happens while you're sleeping. Right. Also, they're finding that sleep acts like, in a most uh, simple explanation, acts as a dishwasher for your brain. Okay. Oh, so, hmm. so is that protein building up and causing the lack of sleep? They're not sure. Okay. No. So like, no, it's not like finding... it's one causing the other or there's, they're not sleeping very well and so they're, the protein is building sh- up, which is making them not sleep so well and then the protein keeps building up and it's kind of like kind of yeah. like a downward spiral. Yeah they're, right? yeah, they're not exactly sure what kind of comes first, but the, the interruption to the sleep and, and the inability, I think people that deprioritize sleep right. and allow that protein to keep building up and not getting cleared properly, those are the people that are more at risk for those types of of wow. uh, diseases yeah that did blow my mind a little bit yeah i thought that that might i'm, I'm that this emoji mm, mm-hmm. yeah. and so i think that something as simple as sleep is something that a lot of people can prioritize mm-hmm. and enjoy better health in both the short and long term right napping has been shown to reduce rates of heart disease and you are an expert napper what would you say is the appropriate amount of time to nap in a midday sort of situation? So you're not going to fuck up your yeah. Your and you need to be sleeping. concerned with that. You need to be you need to be cognizant of that. There are three basic nap times that you should adhere to. Okay. So 20 minutes is the power nap. Okay. What does that do? It's basically just like a quick little jolt of energy where it just you you have 20 minutes of sleep and then you can get up and kind of complete the rest of your day if you're really really tired you can have a coffee and then a 20 minute nap and you'll feel actually quite a bit better because it takes a little time for that caffeine to hit your system correct right? so yeah. you nap yeah. you nap and when you wake up it's like you feel a lot better yeah i mean i, I want to make it clear that you cannot make up for bad sleep habits yeah a lot of people so, say like you know i didn't I'll, sleep enough i'll just sleep in on the weekend or yeah, something. yeah no that it doesn't work like no. that yeah no your body doesn't work like that your body loves routine yes your body loves routine my sleep so, tracking app also tells me how much of how, how consistent i am with my sleep time ah. trying to get me into a more consistent sleep yes we're, we're built to sort of go to bed when it gets dark and get up when it gets when it's light yeah electricity fucked all that up and our screen time fucks that up thanks but, edison tesla so 20 minutes is the power nap okay you can also do 30 minutes but not much more than that okay because or you can do 90 minutes so 90 minutes is a full sleep cycle that's a sleep cycle okay okay but people that just kind of fall asleep and just whatever if you do an hour or a couple of hours if you sleep for an hour you're going to wake up feeling shitty yeah because you'll be in the middle of another sleep cycle right right if you do 90 minutes you should be cool 90 minutes okay 90 minutes is a full, or, full or sleep. 20 maybe 20 30, 30 either 20 or 30 minutes or 90 minutes don't do an hour don't do you two do hours an hour and a half that's two sleep cycles right that's, that's 90 minutes oh sorry three hours 
Yeah, but then a three-hour nap, first of all, that's hard to have. And second of all, yeah. that's going to fuck up your, your nighttime sleep yeah. for sure. And this yeah. is only for adults, right? Because it's different with babies and kids and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, no, they, they sleep whenever they want. Yeah. But but I think we really need to move away from that idea that sleeping makes you lazy. Right. That napping makes you lazy. That only people that aren't driven sleep. Right. And, you know, you can party all night and there's... And then get up and go to work the next day. Right. And there's some sort of badge of honor in that. There really isn't. Mm. The last thing is stress management. And this kind of feeds into the sleep thing as well. Because if you're not managing your stress, you're not going to be able to sleep. Why are you gesturing? Jerk off. <laughs> stress management. Check. Yes. You find that that... Abundance of prolactin in my system mm-hmm. makes me sleepy. Mm-hmm. And then I go to sleep. And I, it's like... As, as Ali G would say, I knobbed two birds with one connie. Like, it's just... <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> killing two birds with one stone. Yeah, but what's a connie? A connie is like a fucking scouser thing, or a, like a, a slang, London slang for uh, for a condom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, which you should not be reusing condoms. No, okay. do not reuse condoms. Please but, don't do that. But, but, but yeah, like I get rid of some stress mm-hmm. and then it makes me sleepy and then I go to sleep. And you pretty much sleep all night. You're a very good sleeper. Generally speaking. Yeah. 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 I've yeah. Not- and, and I've noticed I've always been a very good sleeper. Yeah. But work is very stressful right now. Yes. And so I'm not sleeping super well. No. And then it's having impacts on your life. You're even to, on, in all sorts of areas. Resiliency, adaptability. There's a lot of things that are a lot harder when you're not sleeping as well. And when you're stressed. And when you're stressed. And if you're having both of those, you're not sleeping and you're stressed, you're doing nothing mm-hmm. to help your body in that respect. Right. And, and you know, we can talk about adaptive versus maladaptive coping strategies for stress and things like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, a maladaptive coping strategy doesn't alleviate the stress and may actually cause new problems it doesn't help the situation, doesn't help your stress levels. It just creates other problems. So like, you know, shopping when you're stressed, that doesn't make much sense because... Retail therapy, isn't that supposed to like help you out? It's a maladaptive coping strategy. Well, fair enough. Just like binge eating, it would be a maladaptive. That is a maladaptive coping strategy. Right. Yeah. Being pissy with people is a maladaptive coping strategy. Okay. Right? Because it doesn't... It might make you feel better in the moment, but it just creates more problems. Right. As a long-term strategy, it's not a good one. Yeah. yeah. And and this is where, you know, you talked about the, the jerking off. And this is where I want to make a couple of points about people in the wellness space that okay. are making lots of promises and <laughs> and making money off of people. I would even go so far as to call it a little bit exploitive. And we, there was a couple of years ago, we talked about it earlier in the podcast, but there was that vegan documentary film mm-hmm. called Game Changers. I'm not going to link to it. You can go find it. Yeah. Because it's so problematic from my perspective. Oh my but God. I had people in my Some life who were like, I'm going to become, I'm going to become a vegan athlete. <laughs> I'm a triathlete, but I'm going to be vegan. Okay. And the documentary points to a couple of athletes mm-hmm. who are who are vegan mm-hmm. some ultra marathon runner and a football mm-hmm. player or whatever and go see they can do it with no consideration for genetics no or training no. or resources available to them right and going hey look at 
a bull only eats grass and look how big and strong it is. Therefore, if I just eat vegetables, mm-hmm. I'll be, you're not a bull. No. Like your biology is different. Humans are omnivores. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to eat, eat animal protein, then you have to replace it with some other form of protein. But people look at it and go, oh, well, these people do it. And, and they push this this agenda mm-hmm. and make a very convincing argument mm-hmm. with bad science and whatever. And people believe it. Right. And you see that in the wellness space around sex. Judging the type of, of pleasure you give yourself or the type yes. of sex that you have. Yeah. And I find this especially, I think, I think there's more, it's more targeting women. Yeah. Women can be really shitty to each other. <laughs> But I find that there's a lot of a lot of noise in the wellness space, women targeting women, and and especially with like celebrity health advice. Well, you talked about Goop at the beginning. Ugh. Gwyneth Paltrow, the founder of Goop, and the reason why we can't get Timothy Caulfield on Netflix anymore, yeah, is like the top of this kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Well, and and not to mention like. Do you know how many people came to me and asked me if waist trainers are a good idea? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And you know what? That's another fucking Kardashian thing. And the thing right now that, like, we talked about this this morning. Like, I just want, I want to be, uh, I've seen a couple of tweets about it and some stories about it. And I just want to reiterate it for anybody who's listening. Uh, Fuck Kylie Jenner. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can't believe that story. So the story is that her her makeup artist or something got into an accident yep. or has some kind of brain needs brain surgery $60,000 first of all in a in, in a world where the healthcare system doesn't pay for that sort of shit like sure. outside of America most of us are like what just go to the hospital and get that shit sorted sure but this person needs $60,000 worth of treatment and what does Kylie Jenner how much does she make every day $420,000 she makes $420,000 a day on I guess on average based on her annual income yeah and this guy a reportedly a close friend of hers yep. needs $60,000 worth of brain surgery yep. or whatever. And she's it, crowdfunded. She, she's like, Hey everybody, we should all chip in and, and, and crowdfund this. And you're like, bitch, that's like <laughs> three hours of your, not even what 400, how many days? I don't, I don't math. Whatever. The point is she has the money in almost as much time as it took for her to fucking make that campaign. And tweet it out and put it on her Instagram. Yeah. She literally made that much money. It could have yeah. just been like, here, here you, you go. go. Close friend of yeah. mine. Yeah. So fuck you, Kylie yeah, Jenner. Yeah, fuck Kylie Jenner. Like, what the fuck? Really? Yeah. And so I'm not taking advice from these people. They right. don't fucking know anything. No. They know what their fucking gurus told them. They, they're they getting fed the same bullshit. And just because they're rich and famous and I don't give a fuck what you have to say. And... Y'all that are getting your health and wellness advice from celebrities, fucking stop it. Because they are all bought and paid for. Don't fool yourself into thinking that they're not. But, okay? then, but then you see people with credentials, like Dr. Oz. Oh, fuck. Right? Or Dr. Phil. Or anybody else that puts a DR period Dr. in front Phil. of their name. Yeah, they're doctors. And, Me- and Mehmet Oz is a legit... Like he's a he's brain a, surgeon he's a or a heart surgeon? cardiac surgeon. Yeah. Yeah. And and most of his colleagues have said like, if I was going to let anybody operate on me, it'd be this guy. But he's like under some spell with his like weird ass wife. And he's a fucking liar and a shyster. But anyways, we, I don't want to get but into But the that. problem is, is that you but have the, celebrities. And what's even worse is when you have a celebrity doctor. Yeah. 
People who, think, well, he's a doctor. They're do- he's but a doctor, you know what? so we should need there to do that. Fucking, there are fucking COVID denier doctors out there. Yeah, one of my friends dated one, and he was like, <laughs> I can't date you anymore. I can't date you because there is something wrong how, how with you. How are you denying? You are a doctor. You're a respirologist. How are you saying this shit is fake? I know, it's bad. It's unbelievable. Yeah, so, and, and, this, and this is the thing. There are a lot of players in the wellness space that... It is a multi-billion dollar they industry. They feign a lot of authority yeah. for things that they have very little knowledge or training about. You know, they take a weekend course Google University. on how to fucking masturbate and then tell all, all the women that they're doing it wrong. And, and this is what they should Don't be doing. Don't hold your breath. Don't just use your vibrator. Only use your fingers. Bitch, I have the best vibrator that's ever been invented should and I, i'm gonna use that shit should i put a link in for for that no you, you want to be able to verbally share that information <laughs> with people so if, if any 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 vagina owners out there if any of y'all are interested dm me yeah and i'll share my we will share with her you. knowledge with you but this is the thing it but it's perfect for me may not be perfect for everybody and you know what whatever feels good to you you fucking do that shit yes. no other nobody else should be telling you what you should or shouldn't be doing and this is and and again this sort of and and it seems to be a like white yeah wealthy kind of thing and this is this is where the rubber meets meets the road for me is when health and wellness becomes exclusionary and only for rich people and only for white people. And there's actually, there was a great article. Yeah, we talked about it before, didn't we? Yeah, when we when we had uh, Dr. Wednesday Martin on, she talked yeah. about it. And so that's actually one of the reasons why we're doing it. It was an InStyle article about how we need to talk about white supremacy in the wellness space. And how, you know, love and light hmm. is reserved for thin, white increasingly conservative people right that is sort of the image of wellness right now and you think about you know moon juice and goop and you know they might throw a couple of you know people of color in there just to make it look good yeah but the darker part of that is that and especially with the pandemic you're you're finding a lot of divisiveness in this wellness space where there's like this lack of critical thinking with yes. practitioners and people that that have a following and it's very very irresponsible i have a hard time with that because there has been this movement as, around covid where it's like do your own research <laughs> And most people are not qualified. It's usually the people on Facebook that are saying that. Do yeah, your research. But but they're not qualified to do their own research. They're not they don't have training in critical thinking to be able to look at material and go, is this bullshit or is there legitimate science behind it, let's say. Mm-hmm. And if you've not trained in that field, you might not be able to pull out what's real and what's not real. Right. And so it's easy to manipulate people into believing something if they don't know like if it sounds and we've talked about this before where if there's a little bit of science that sounds good plausible Mm -hmm. then you go oh okay well then the rest of this must be okay right 
And, and that's the most dangerous. Yes. Those are the most dangerous components of and this. And I think we see a lot of that in the wellness space yes. where, where they, they take a little bit of truth mm-hmm. or a little bit of scientific evidence mm-hmm. and you kind of get hooked with that. And then it kind of primes you for whatever weird ass shit they want to then right. push or sell. Well, and this and this is the thing. It's, it's, it's no different or there's very little difference between a doctor who's gone rogue and saying... You don't need to wear masks. This is all a pandemic. Blah 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 blah. And mm-hmm. it's like, hold on, stop. What are you? What are you doing? And you don't know people's motivations for no. doing things. But, but when you have people in the wellness space that are calling the pandemic fake news and, you know, talking about there was a practitioner, um, a male yoga practitioner who's pushing very hard with the All Lives Matter, and you're like, F- what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> do you even know? Do you even understand? where yoga comes from bro your privilege is showing yeah that social justice is built into yogic practice if you look at the ancient texts where yoga comes from social justice is a piece of that yeah and there seem that part seems to have been forgotten that it's the yoga and wellness space has been whitewashed to a point where you know as long as you have your lululemon mat and your infinity scarf you're good (laughs) And I'm noticing a proliferation, especially over the last year, of people that just have credentials from I don't know the fuck where, call themselves experts on nutrition, yeah. on in exercise, stress management, you know, sexual health, all these kinds of things. And they just and they they see an opportunity and they're Mo- modern day charlatans snake oil salesmen which is kind of interesting because you know snake oil actually worked what for things where do you get snake i mean from snakes you but can't what is, what is snake oil it's it's from boiling down like chinese garden snakes oh really yeah but what happened was people couldn't people in america couldn't get chinese, chinese garden, garden snakes, snakes so they would just boil down regular snakes there was no and sell amazon that. no and so snake oil actually worked, but the, the snake oil salesman was like the person that was selling the fake fucking snake oil. So w- worked for what? Like aches and pains and things like that. Oh, yeah. okay. Like Tiger Balm. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Same kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. So So that's kind of an, an oh, interesting little tidbit on that. I like that. that. Yeah. That was good. But if you want to talk about snake oil salesmen, there, there is very sound, simple health advice that is a lot more accessible than what these people are positing. Mm. And it it makes health seem like a luxury item that is only for rich white people yeah. that, you know, where the rest of you, like just fuck the rest of you, I guess. Well, but I think a lot of people don't value something unless there is, unless it is, it costs something. And this is the thing. It's, it's, think over the last year people are realizing that things are a lot more accessible better health is a lot simpler mm-hmm. and a lot less expensive and a lot more accessible yeah. than we've been sold and we've been told in the last what 10 15 20 years 30 yeah years. i mean like my garage gym please, cost please me please don't say shake weight again i'm just no, no sh- shake weight <laughs> i was watching a movie and though oh Coming to America too. Oh God! The the rival army that when they're training, they're all training with shake weights, which I thought was funny. <laughs> um, but like my garage gym cost me basically about the equivalent of about a year's membership at the very nice gym that wow. I that I that I worked at, which is a lot of money to lay out at once. But here's the thing: 
You don't have to lay I it out all at once. Once. Once, yeah. And then after a year. And you don't have to make an appointment. I don't have to make, well, nowadays I don't have to make an appointment, but my whole family can use that as mm-hmm. opposed to that membership where only one person can use that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a tricky sort of thing to balance because if something is free, it isn't always seen to have the same value. I don't think it has to be free, but I think, you know, the, the difference between the Goop cooking cookbook right, and maybe going to Costco and buying bags of frozen vegetables because those are just as good for you as fresh vegetables. Right, yeah, flash if frozen sometimes vegetables. Sometimes more. Yeah, well, especially more from nutritious. a seasonality standpoint. Yeah, so... But I don't think a lot of people know that because there's a lot of people in the wellness space making a lot of money selling people IV, vitamin IVs and smoothies and cleanses and all these kinds of things that are just not necessary. And then when it crosses the line into denying a deadly pandemic Mm. and public health advice and advising their followers not to take a vaccine and pushing Based all on zero medical training or to, knowledge to, or knowledge to make that as to make that recommendation yeah is dangerous it's very dangerous and vaccine hesitancy has been around for a long time especially since the whole autism and mmr which has been disproven which has been disproven but but that kind of le- has led to it's not anti-vax so many people wouldn't consider themselves anti-vaxxers but there is this vaccine hesitancy i don't want to give my baby too many vaccines too quickly we're going to delay vaccinations but that puts people at risk and yes, it puts, it it puts ch- children at risk as a result of that there are there are gated communities of families that have not vaccinated their children and they're having measles outbreaks yeah like diseases that previously had been basically eradicated yeah because of mass vaccination programs and now because of covid and and you talk to people all the time and they go yeah i'm gonna wait on that thanks (laughs) okay well because the presumption has been that that it's not been tested it's not been tested enough or that it's been rushed or new technologies are dangerous and the reality is none is of those things are true most people none of those things are true but but what most people who don't understand who haven't worked in an academic field understand the challenges that are faced with doing any kind of research and right. that the limiting factor on it is not intelligence or expertise or research questions. The limiting factor in almost all cases is research funding. Right. And in the case of developing drugs or vaccinations, the funding to do the clinical trials to be able to test this in the widest uh, array of configurations, age, sex, racial background, all mm-hmm, of this kind mm-hmm. of stuff, to be able to run these studies take money to be able to do it it's not Mm -hmm. that it has to take 10 years it's that applying for grants and getting approvals and doing all these things would take years and years and years to do and now because this global pandemic for an infectious disease that shit drives me nuts on social media where people go uh what about heart disease what about cancer these are bigger killers than covid why do we not have why don't we have a heart disease vaccine you're like not contagious exactly I can sit next to something you made the point on. on you like you're like I can sit next to somebody on a plane whose arteries are clogging up, slamming it, shut. Yeah, slamming shut on this flight to wherever, and I'm not gonna get 
Heart disease. Heart disease from that guy. No. All you need to do to get COVID is be near, be near somebody who has COVID. Right. That's it. And they may not know they have And they COVID. may not know. So all of that sort of stuff aside, the, the fact that we have had vaccines that are all, all of them, mm-hmm. 100% effective Against. At, at, at keeping you from dying from COVID, right. which is the goal of, of all vaccines, is to prevent death. Sure. And also, rem- and have been shown in studies, and now at this point, literally hundreds of millions of people around the planet have been vaccinated with these various mm-hmm. different brands of vaccines, that are all different styles and different methodologies behind them. They are all remarkably effective at keeping you from even getting sick with COVID. Mm-hmm. And the the evidence is coming in now that it stops asymptomatic Yeah, spread. we've seen that in, in Israel, which is the country that has the highest percentage of the population vaccinated. Yes. Also has a lot of elderly people mm-hmm. that have been vaccinated. And yeah. we're seeing, at least with the Pfizer vaccine, a, 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 a strong indication that it's preventing asymptomatic transmission of the... Yes. Of the which would which be fantastic. Which is huge. It's massive, huge. Massive. And this is the thing is that, you know, I, I realize that we've already had episodes called stay in your lane bruh (laughs) but hey yoga teacher stay in your fucking lane yeah and people that are telling you to do your own research have no idea what an academic paper looks like and i'm not trying to be elitist here no but i'm saying that the amount of misinformation and in the general public it's annoying enough Mm-hmm. But when it's coming from the wellness space, from the health and wellness... Which people are turning to for advice yes. because they're looking for something. Dr. Martin mentioned this about about women going into yoga and stuff like that because they're looking for a safe space and mm-hmm. they're looking for a place to help them heal or to improve certain aspects of their life. So they're vulnerable in that position because they're looking for guidance. And then that's somebody who has no experience or ex- expertise in this area then starts preaching mm. something that is harmful Mm -hmm. or is misinformation is terrible it is and the other part is a lot of people because they're so isolated they're looking for community Mm -hmm. and they're looking for acceptance and when part of being accepted into a certain group is buying into you need to do this kind of work. You need to believe this. You need to, you know, you can't, it doesn't make it very easy to be choosy and and accept certain parts of a culture without other parts. And this is why, you know, a lot of people will say, I'm not a yoga person. You don't need to be a yoga person. You can just be a person that does yoga. Right. You don't need to. Yeah, I do yoga, but I don't think I'm a yoga person. No, but why does anybody, this is the thing, a lot of people are looking for things to make a part of their identity. Right. And I think that can be a dangerous thing, especially when you have people in this wellness space that are overstepping their boundaries and and stepping out of what they know. And like you said, with their privilege showing. Yeah. Giving people the idea that if you are going to be in this yoga space, in this wellness space, you need to believe that the pandemic is fake news. You need to burn your your masks. You need to come with us on our All Lives Matter protest, which has happened, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There was a, a male practitioner that was doing this. It's all in that article. Yeah. And people need to really start to question 
everything that comes in, it needs to go through a bullshit filter. And I think because people are so overwhelmed at this point, it makes them more vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the people that are preying on that vulnerability, I feel quite confident in saying, fuck you. <laughs> Is that where you want to leave it? <laughs> what's your What's your take home for today? What, what's what's kind of... My take home is that you really need to take a look at how interconnected these areas are Mm. and that if you make the choice to work out more or improve your diet or do you need to make sure you're not neglecting these other areas as well Mm -hmm. that it's just as important for you to make sure that you're getting an appropriate amount of sleep at night Mm -hmm. and and that if that we all know a lot of people understand that diet and exercise go together, mm-hmm. but that there are other pillars that kind of need to be included in that. That sleep and stress management yeah. pieces, those pieces are super important yeah. too. And they all feed into each other. They definitely do. Yeah. So yeah, four wheels on the ground. Yep. Yeah. And I would say, I think that people need to really listen to their own body and stop thinking that other people know you better than you. Listen to your body. We all have an opportunity now to go inward a little bit and think about what it is that makes you feel best, right? And be honest with yourself instead of contracting your health and wellness out to all these other people. Think about what what's in it for them when they're giving you advice, Yeah. right? I think you've said it before. Be very wary of somebody who tells you that you have a problem and then also wants to sell you the solution to that problem. Absolutely. That's what I would say. Be very wary of that. We just want you to be happy and healthy, spending as little money and stressing as little as you can. And, you know, having some great sex too. You masturbate however the fuck you want to masturbate. Yeah, no shade. Whatever, whatever gets you where you want to go. You clench whatever you want to clench. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, B. Have a good day. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>